0: Oh my god, hey girl, hey. I am so excited for you to dig in into this episode where I interview Gabby Abrams. Gabby is a success coach for female entrepreneurs and she uses the power of RTT, which is Rapid Transformational Therapy. And what she does is she hypnotizes you and she's able to go into your subconscious and really discover what are the limiting blocks that are keeping you stuck and the work that she does is truly amazing and I'm very grateful for her because as you hear in this podcast, Gabby was the reason why I even started an Etsy shop and you'll find out why inside of this episode. I am super excited for you to dig into this episode and discover all the things that Gabby has to say. She has so so much knowledge around the world of minds and mindsets and really digging and finding out you know why are you stuck on this like why can't you move forward why can't you break the glass ceiling and i really hope that this episode blesses you in many many ways so let's get into this episode gabby thank you so much for coming on the podcast i appreciate you taking the time to come and do this interview and bless us with your knowledge yeah absolutely i'm so happy to be here thank you for inviting me okay so for the mamas who don't know who you are can you enlighten them yeah absolutely My name is Gabby
1: Abrams and I was a lawyer in New York City and then I had my first son and I stopped practicing. I started my own handmade business. I opened up an Etsy shop selling stationery and invitations. And I ran that business for a little over five years and then transitioned more into the coaching mentoring side.
0: That's so awesome. And Gabby, I don't think you remember this, but the reason why I started my Etsy shop um, last year was because the year before, we had had an interaction. You, We were in the same course together, like a course about making courses. And you interviewed me because I was one of your ICAs. But it was nothing. It wasn't Etsy related. It was because it was, you were starting to work into like in the mindset and all those things. And Then I had asked you like, you know, I sell these non-toxic things like this guide. Should I put them up on Etsy? And you're like, yeah, just do it. It's 20 cents. And I never did anything with that until the pandemic hit but it was all like you planted that seed. So I don't think like this is coming full circle because I don't think you remember that. That's so funny. Of course I remember that. You do. And that's
1: what, yes. And that's where I always thought that we knew each other from, but that you okay. never said it. And then I was, I was like, Oh no, maybe I'm wrong. And this isn't her. Cause I remember that you were like, Oh, I, you emailed me and you're like, I'm moving down to South Florida. And I was like, Oh
0: yay. And then, but then we never talked about it again. No. Because <laughs> then we started like, a whole new relationship. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny because I was in Italy one day, it was like three in the morning and I was like, I wonder what Gabby's doing, like just out of the blue. And this was this year. And then I looked you up and you were doing what you're doing now, which is RTT, which we're going to talk about yeah. now, but like all these things. And I was like, oh my God, I have to work with Gabby. Oh my God, that is so fun. Yeah, I was wondering and I was like, I swear that this
1: is Juliana who I talked to, but she hasn't said anything. So I'm just I'm not gonna mention it. Um, that is so funny. Yes, I remember that. And we talked and we had that, yeah, we chatted about it.
0: Yeah, so it was thanks to you that you planted a little seed, and you know, it just took me like forever to like act on it. But yeah. So good, so good. Yeah, we talked about
1: it. And I remember you had the guide, and you're like, should I start with the guide, listening to the guide? I was like, no, it usually works better for kind of like products and stuff.
0: Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So now that you don't do Etsy anymore, like tell us what you do. And actually, can you talk about why you like shifted away from Etsy into what it is that you do now? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, So I really, really, really loved um, having a business on Etsy. And I really recommend, you know, to anybody who, when you're starting out and you're, don't want to dedicate all of your time to marketing, to kind of get your business up and running, I think starting a business on a marketplace is the fastest way to start getting a cash injection in. Um, if you can do Etsy or Amazon, I know you do Amazon also, just something that is gonna run like that marketing for you on autopilot, you know, where you can really just be in charge of like SEO and product creation. It's going to be amazing. Um, so I loved having my business on Etsy and I had it there for five years. And then what happened is that I started getting people who were approaching me, like asking me for advice and asking me how to kind of start their own stationary business, basically how to start getting invitations up and cause, cause it's really fun, you know? And I think people are really drawn to like that, the independence of having your own business. So yes, yeah, so I decided to transition into a course. That's the first thing that I did was after we took that program together, um, kind of come out with a course on like how to start your own Etsy business. So I did that. And I really, really liked it. Like I met people in there and I decided to do it kind of like a live version with like some pop-up, like a pop-up Facebook group where everybody could ask their questions. I did like live coaching every Friday and it was so fun. And I realized that that's what I really wanted to be doing was like coaching and, and working with people. So I started out mostly coaching people who had Etsy businesses or were in the handmade space and then kind of transitioning into all kinds of businesses, like whether, you know they were in service providers copywriters coaches um, had product businesses everything right just all kinds of business owners and it was really fun so creative which I really really love I feel like I can create at like even like a higher level than when I was creating stationery so so that's really fun
0: yeah so one thing you didn't mention is that you made a bajillion dollars with your Etsy business right so can you can you enlighten my my girls please about the possibilities yeah. So so I did not make like a bajillion dollars. I was able to grow
1: it to it, like a six figure business pretty quickly, which was really, really cool. And so by the time that I finished, so I had it for, had it open for like five years and I made, you know, like over half a million dollars, which was awesome. And it was a lot of fun. You know, I think that it probably hit six figures like in its second year, like maybe 18 months in or so. And yeah. And there's a lot that we can talk about, you know, like a lot about why I think it was able to to grow to six figures. I think part of it was that I had been a lawyer. So I already kind of had like that, like ceiling raised, you know? Um, and so it was just a matter of like filling it. Uh, and also why it was difficult to go beyond six figures. And we can talk about both of those.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that. And then also something that I want to talk about too is the mindset, because this is a conversation that you and I had Back in 2019, when we were like talking about this, and you're like, I want to shift my business and talk about mindset because once these women understand that's their mindset, then that's it. Like they have broken the ceiling. So let's yeah. talk about everything and lightness. Yeah. Us.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's exactly right. You know, and I think for that, sometimes it's so challenging to envision that you can make money doing something that's not, that's like non-traditional, right? That's not a lawyer or a doctor or finance or corporate or whatever traditional means to you. Um, And I think that that's where people struggle the most, right? So when I first started my Etsy shop, I had this idea like, oh, I'm just going to do a fun. It'll be fun. You know, I'll just sell some stuff, right? Keep myself occupied during my maternity leave until I figure out what I want to do when I go back. And I ended up actually connecting with someone she had been my wedding planner and she started an Etsy business right around the time of my wedding. So this was, I had just had my first child. So I had married for like two years and she had actually quit her business, her, her wedding planning business because her Etsy shop was doing so well. Wow! And so we talked and she said, yeah, it's doing really well. I make six figures. I make like $150,000 a month. She told me and her sharing that I'm so grateful that she shared that because it like expanded my, my thinking so much. And then suddenly I went into Etsy. I had already started my shop at that point, but I went in with like a totally different intention. And I was like, Oh, maybe this is actually a business, you know, maybe I can actually make this work. Um, and I started getting like a little bit more strategic with it. Right. And, and really figuring out, okay, if something isn't selling, what's going on and learning about SEO and really mastering SEO. And back then nobody was teaching this stuff. It was just like the Etsy handbook. So it was really just a matter of like sitting with the Etsy handbook and kind of, and going through the forum and figuring out, you know, what people were saying about how to make this work. But I think it was that mindset that was everything, you know, just the knowledge that this could work. And I would focus on, on all the people who were making it work you know, all of the companies on Etsy that had the high sales, that had the high revenue that, you know, I saw them growing and and just kind of like looking to them being like, hey, what are they doing? What are they, you know, from a strategic standpoint, what are they doing? And really just using them to expand my own mindset of what was possible.
0: Is there something you think was the, the secret, you know, in air quotes to your success? Yeah, I think um, one thing was that I was
1: always focused um, really on my creativity, on like expanding my creativity and just getting um, like better at design, more creative with design, um, doing things a little bit differently than everybody was doing them. uh, But also seeing kind of like what worked, you know, and what the trends were. But I was always really like forward thinking. So I would look You know, a lot of people make the mistake of when you're in a marketplace, you're constantly surrounded by people who are doing the same thing as you, right? And people look to see what everybody else is doing and copy that. And I kind of would look, I would think about it differently. I follow like the top wedding planners and I would follow the top like party planning websites and look to see like what themes were getting popular there and then bring those to Etsy. Cause I knew that people were looking at like Kara's party ideas and coming up with ideas for their party. And then they were looking for invitations on Etsy and not vice versa. So I started doing that, like being kind of forward thinking, you know, and, and looking at nursery trends, right. Like what's, what are people doing for their nurseries? They're going to be doing the same thing for their baby showers and thinking like that, thinking like a little bit creatively and strategically. And I think that that's what helped me um, grow my business, not just quickly, but also keep it growing, you know, and not feel really stagnant or behind.
0: Yeah. And I think that is such a key part because when you do have the creativity, it's not just in terms of being creative and creating something beautiful, but it's also about, like creative ways of growing your business that nobody else mm-hmm. is talking about or even thinking about because everybody's mm-hmm. so caught up and like, oh my gosh, I have to copy this person because if they did it, I have to do the same thing. And you get stuck in that, like hamster yeah. reel. And the minute that you allow yourself to be playful, which you said it right then and there, like in the beginning, it was just going to be fun. So mm-hmm. when you can make it playful and you you are creative, my gosh, like you just there ideas that I have on like when I'm out walking, I'm like, this is such a good idea. Oh my god and I come home and I write it down yeah. because yeah. I just allow myself to be creative and I actually I'm very mindful about making sure that I feel the most creative when I'm taking out my, my walk. That's it, I have to make sure that I go out for my walks and I'm doing this thing so that I, I stay fresh. And another thing that I do is actually I don't look at my competitors because I actually feel hindered, you know. Yeah, I don't want to get stuck. So I, I do look into other businesses, like into like other industries. I, mm-hmm. I look at everybody else, not, you know, outside of Etsy and Amazon. I look to see yeah. what everybody else is doing and I get inspired by them.
1: Yeah. I think that that's such good advice because we do end up, you know, what it does is that it kind of like sets you up for failure, right? When you're constantly looking to see what everybody else is doing, because you end up behind, you end up further behind than you would be if you were just kind of like focused on, on your own path forward. And it also sets you up to copy in so many ways and not just copy, but second guess your innovation, because then when you do something that is a little bit different, you're left thinking, can I do this? Nobody else is doing this. What does it mean that nobody else is doing it? Oh, it must mean that it's a
0: terrible idea. I shouldn't do it. I should just copy. Totally. So, yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I feel like so many mamas can just get stuck in this. I don't know, like give me, give me the steps, the step by step by step. And yeah. once you allow yourself to just see the possibilities, because the possibilities are endless. Yeah. yeah. And and, um, and I love that you brought
1: that up, that step-by-step-by-step, by step by step, because I think that that was part of what helped me build my business in the first place was that back then there wasn't that step-by-step-by-step. By step by step. There was no, you know, there were like, I, I think that there was like one website that was like kind of teaching you Etsy tricks and had some advice and you know, stuff like that. But other than that, like it was just up to us to figure it out. And there was so much freedom in that, you know, I think that now the industry has changed so much and there's like constant, like, you know, this opinion and that opinion and, and this way of doing it and that way, let me sell you my strategy. Let me teach you this, you know, let me sell you this course. And, and sometimes it's almost damaging, you know, because we think that there must be an answer. And we like overlook the fact that we know what we want to do and how we want to do it.
0: Yeah. And it's something that I've been talking to my mama, like more recently, like allow yourself, we know the answer within us, like you, you have the answer. So allow yourself to go there and trust yourself, which I guess we can talk about mindset, right? Like what you do now and how you help women with their mindset and how to really go next level.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's really interesting. So this will be like the perfect segue because I was saying um, once I had I feel like talking to her, having that conversation and also having been like at the time, like 150,000 was like lawyer market rate in New York. So that's like kind of like a number that felt like feasible to me. But then beyond that, it was so hard for me to grow my business beyond $150,000, which was really interesting to me because I would be like, okay, like I want to grow it. And I almost couldn't, like I couldn't get my mindset to the next level. And I had this belief that like growing my business bigger meant like so much more work which I think it kind of did. You know, I really had set myself up for this business where I was constantly creating. Um, The market did get really saturated really fast because I think a lot of people started realizing that Etsy was like a viable business, that Amazon was a viable place uh, and started kind of transitioning into that space so it was really interesting. And then that's how I discovered RTT for myself, rapid transformational therapy is because I did feel like I had these like mindset hurdles and I didn't really know where they came from. You know, I was like, I, part of me, like, I was like, I know that I'm, I meant to like have this big business and, and do big things, but like, I just don't know what's keeping me stuck, you know? And, and it was really frustrating. It was a frustrating place to be. And then I discovered RTT and, And I feel like that really helped me understand so much of what was going on subconsciously, mindset-wise. Did you find that a lot of those things came from your childhood? Oh, they all did. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, right? I mean, which is the way that it works because our subconscious is like fully formed by the time that we're eight or something, seven or eight. Yeah, so all of these things, right? They all come down to beliefs that you create as a child, which is fascinating then to kind of go back and unravel them and be like, Oh, I can see why I've thought this all this time, but I can also see why I don't need to think that anymore because I was a child.
0: Yeah. And I, it's funny because I, I, I asked my therapist when I started doing RTT sessions with you, I had the recordings and I was like, Lena, I'm doing this RTT and everything that comes up, they're traumas, but they're little T traumas. And I don't mm-hmm. understand why they have affected me so much. And she said, they might look like little T traumas now, but back then they were deep and nobody ever talked to you about it. Like things just happened mm-hmm. and nobody ever communicated with you what was going on. So you just carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. And because the question was, I don't want my kids to have all these problems that I have, you yeah. know, so how do we stop that? And she said, you know, just communicate with them. Like yeah. as far, as long as you're communicating with them and you're not giving them like huge responsibilities, you're going to be yeah. fine. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because for me, one of the big
1: realizations that I've had doing a lot of RTT, right. Cause I've done like hundreds of sessions with people, um, is understanding that it is mostly always little T trauma that comes up and people are really surprised and they, people come in before and they say, I know what it is. I have these big traumas, right. I had this thing. I had that thing, you know, that might come up, this might come up. And then sometimes it's really, really small. People are like, Go back to like forgetting their homework at school or whatever, right? Whatever small little thing. And my theory is that we don't talk about it. We don't talk about little T trauma because parents are like, I mean, it's impossible as parents to talk about every little thing that comes up, right? Um, Or even to know what the things are. Sometimes we don't even tell our parents, right? There's no way for them to know. It's just like a small thing that happens. And we're like, oh, I'm not going to talk about it. But you're right that then we're left with our own interpretations of it. And we're left with our own with like taking it on as a big burden that we shouldn't have to carry as little kids. Bigger stuff like divorce, death, um, all of those things. I find that we do talk about a lot more. Parents are a lot more cognizant about like talking about it, you know, for better or worse. Right. And whether the communication is good or bad, it's still communication. So you're right. I really think that it comes down to that communication piece.
0: Yeah. So talk to your kids so they don't have like all these little traumas that really affect us. And Yeah. yeah, it's something that I make sure that I talk about on this show, too, on this podcast. Go back to your childhood because we might dismiss something, but it really can affect us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and making sure that those lines feel open
1: for communication, that when something does happen, that your child feels like they can come and tell you about it and that they can say like, oh, this thing happened today and it really hurt my feelings or this thing happened and it made me sad, you know, and that we don't dismiss it and just say, well, that's just how things are or some other kind of thing, you know, that we really listen to kids. And I think we forget how hard it is to, to be a kid and how confusing, you know.
0: Yeah, so I want to go back a little bit and ask you. So in the beginning of your business, you know, when you were making the hundred fifty thousand, did you feel like you were having fun still, or that at any point were you like pushing hard and hard and harder? How did that look for you? It's really interesting because I feel like at that point,
1: um, when I made had like my first six figure year, I talk about this a lot, right? Because when you It's like upper limiting, right? If you've ever read that book, The Big Leap, um, he talks a lot about like how you upper limit, right? And when you hit as far as you think that you can go or that you're allowed to go, you'll tend to like have a lot of other things in your life go wrong. So when I first hit six figures, I really had this belief that like making money was very, very hard and it was supposed to be hard and it was like worth more if it was harder And, um, that it was very good to like be important and be busy and be, you know, like all of these things, right. Why? Because of what we experience in our childhood, right. And what we see in our childhood. Um, and, and so I think I still had all those beliefs and what happened the first time was that like, I started like my health really went down and things just felt very hard, you know, and even though like, it wasn't actually hard, it felt very hard to me. And I did kind of like struggle, you know, to do that and keep it up. And I felt a lot of pressure, like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. And so me, was like, kind of like a gradual, like letting go and loosening and realizing, you know, for me, it really started like the first belief was that I felt really guilty about making money in such a fun way. I felt really guilty about making money with so much flexibility and so much freedom and And people would tell me like, oh, I'm so jealous that you get to do this. Or I'm so jealous that you have this business. That would be my dream. And I think that a lot of people didn't understand that it wasn't just easy, you know, that it was a business, that I was running a business, that they could also run a business and start their own business, that it wasn't like one person was living one person's dream by some fluke which is the way that it always felt. And I think I carried a lot of guilt around that. So it was about letting go and being like, I'm allowed to make money in a way that feels fun. And I'm allowed to make money in a way that feels joyful. And so that for me was like really the first step was just that idea that it was okay for me not to be practicing law. It was okay for me to be having my own business. It was okay for me to be making money in this creative way. When so much of what we've heard growing up is that you're never going to make money that way.
0: Why artists don't make money.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah. And so that was, I think the first thing. And then from there was like a lot of, it was like layers, you know, like uncovering layers.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say layers because the other day I was thinking like every time I pull like a layer from my onion, I feel like a little onion sprouts on the side and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm never going to be done. I just want to get to the core. Where is the core? <laughs> so I'm on a journey. I'm on oh a God, journey. There are so many layers. There are so many layers. And the funny
1: thing is that you know, you peel away layers essentially, so that you can do things differently and do bigger things or better things or f- whatever, you know. And and then as
0: you do those things, more layers come up. Yes. Yeah. Totally. And I mm-hmm. and I feel it right now. And I feel like because ever since I don't know, ever since I moved back to the United States, I'm on like this journey to better myself and go next level. And I'm finding out so much. But yeah, you take out a, a layer and three more show up, and you're like, yeah. Man where is that core already? How do I get there? (laughs) Absolutely. And I think the question is like, what
1: does that core look like? Right. And can you start, you know, is it some, is it a state? Is it a feeling? And can you start having that now without having to, you know, feel like you're digging to get there? Right.
0: Yeah, totally. You start
1: embodying that feeling that you're looking for.
0: So, you know, I have mamas right now who they're either working a full-time job, raising kids, coming home and working on this Etsy or Amazon business on the side because, you know, they, they want to replace their income or mamas who are homeschooling their kids all day, multiple kids. And they're like, I'm trying to get started, but I just don't have the time. And it's just like, I'm about to give up because I feel like the God or the universe is like telling me like, don't do this. Like, how do you know? Like, when is it the universe or God telling you to stop? Or how do you? keep pushing forward because this is just part of the journey. I think
1: if it's something that you want that God and the universe are never telling you to stop. Right. The truth is that we put up so many subconscious barriers for ourselves because of so many reasons, right. We feel guilty taking time for ourselves. We feel guilty hiring a babysitter. I think for me, that was like, honestly the biggest hurdle for me to leap over was like the childcare, right. Was the, let me, you know, my first few years of having my business, I was a full-time mom. I didn't have any childcare at all. And I worked like after my son went to sleep during naps, right. I really did that, that lifestyle, which was, I don't regret at all. I'm so happy that I did it because I got to spend so much time with, with my baby, you know, and that's what it was really about, but it did feel like my growth was a little bit slower. You know, it did feel like it was a little bit harder. I felt like I was a little bit more tired because. I was growing while trying to, you know, I was, I had two different roles. Right. And and so I think that it's a matter too, of like, what's important to you and what does that look like? And understanding that life happens in phases. And one thing that I always tell people is like, even when you're just moving the needle forward, like 1% every day, it's moving forward. You're going to get to a point where your kids will be in school, where things will feel easier. Where you're gonna be so happy that you already put in the work to get to where you are, because then it's like so much smoother than having to start from zero again.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that the first year of an online business is probably the hardest because you're learning all these things and rules and all the, like things that you have never even thought about, and you have to learn the first year. But once you have that down. Every year after that, it's like rinse and repeat. And of course you have to innovate and all those things, but it becomes easier because you already know what to expect. Like everything is not brand new to you. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and those skills that you learn, they never go away
1: you know, the, the, like, especially when we talk about mindset, right. The, the mindset that you learn that first year of business, cause it is really hard. And that's the hardest lesson to learn, right. Is just this idea that you can do it, that it doesn't have to be so hard that you can depend on yourself. I think is a, a new one for, for people when they go to entrepreneurship, switching out of that. I'm just here clocking in <laughs> collecting a paycheck and into like, Oh, if I do that in my business, that's not going to work, you know? Um, If I treat my business like I'm an employee, I'm
0: not going to get anywhere. Yeah, I really love that advice. So, if you were to start over again, like let's say it was back in how like seven years ago you'd say?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, okay, so if you
0: were back to go back seven years ago and start your Etsy shop, like what would you have done differently with all the information you have now?
1: I would have done everything exactly the same. I I'm telling you because it was so fortunate. Like I had no idea that I could be doing things in a better way. And I just started doing things. Like I was just like, oh, I'm just going to list a design. My first design, I was like, I'll just make it in PowerPoint. And one of my (laughs) friends was like, you cannot design in PowerPoint. Oh my God, that's so cute. It's (laughs) not going to print, you know, like people are not going to be able to print this. Um, But everything, everything that I did, you know, was just like, I think just starting really was like the only thing that I would ever advise, that I ever advise anybody to do. It's so funny because then my second business, when I was like, oh, I'm going to do a course, I'm going to do kind of go more into coaching. I did it all wrong at the beginning because I thought, oh, I have so much more knowledge now. Now I'm going to do it all like set up and I'm going to have a plan and I'm going to, you know, take this course on how to build a course and I'm going to build a beautiful course and I'm just going to hit the ground running. And what happened was the opposite, you know, that had happened the first time was that it just stalled and I just didn't do it and I didn't do it and I didn't do it. I got super perfectionist about it. Um, And it wasn't until I was like, all right, never mind, I'm just going to do whatever and just go back to that beginner mindset that I had with my first business that I was actually able to start building this business and growing it.
0: Yeah. And I, I really love that advice because you just did it. You just started like, Oh, I can't do PowerPoint. Okay. Let's try something else. But you didn't yeah. stop. You didn't get stuck in the beginning of like overthinking yeah. every little step and like trying to be a perfectionist because mm-hmm. then you're just not going to move forward and everything is going to take so long. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and another thing, you know,
1: I was able to go back and fix everything that I did wrong at the beginning. You know, like my logo a year in, I was like, I don't really like this. That was fine. I just did a new logo. It wasn't a big deal. Nobody, like it didn't cost me any business. It was not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. I, I started it and I was just like, I was not envisioning it being an actual business, right? So I had to start my LLC after I had started selling. That was fine too. It doesn't matter. These things don't matter, right? In, in the grand scheme of things,
0: just starting,
1: you figure it out as you
0: go along. Yeah. And also I've said this before, there's not a course out there that can teach you everything because there's so many curveballs that can happen that nobody can predict. So the best way is for you to just start, do it and- I mean, what's the worst that can happen, right? Like if you start this business, like the worst possible thing that's going to happen is that maybe you've lost a little bit of money, which nobody mm-hmm. wants, but you, you're going to learn so much about mm-hmm. yourself, about your business, and you're going to acquire so many skills that you can apply in other uh, parts of your life. Just go for it because you can't just get stuck in that, you know, like what I say, drowning in mud, like just get mm-hmm. out, like get out and like yeah. just do the thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to anybody, I I know that you offer coaching too. And that for me was a game changer, really signing up for coaching made a big difference for me in ways that courses don't really, because we think we just need the information and what we need is help with the implementation.
0: Totally. It's funny you say that because I'm like really considering just offering like live coaching all the time or like, doing like an eight week program where I'm actually walking people through because yeah. then there's accountability, right? Like yeah. I think that accountability is such a huge, huge part of this because otherwise you do get stuck in your head and yeah. you let all the things just, I don't know, take over your life and then you don't do the thing that you actually want to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think it's so, so, so great, um, especially when you can learn from someone who's doing what it is that you want to do or who has already done it. Um, you can jump ahead so fast.
0: Yeah, totally. And another thing that I think it's interesting that you said, it's like, again, going to this concept of letting it be fun, because I have so many moments reaching out to me saying they're getting burned out from, you know, showing up on this platform and that platform and the other platform. And I'm like, eh, you don't, don't do to. it. Mm-mm. You really don't need to. Like for me, I don't like Instagram. I don't like TikToks. I don't like real. So I don't do it. Like somebody else who loves that and enjoys it. I know all the strategies and I can share the strategies with them. But for me, like I would be miserable doing it. So I don't do it. So do what feels good to you. And it's okay. If it feels good, like you don't have to be a martyr. You know, if, if you're like, like what you said, it can be fun. You can have a great time building this business and you get Mm -hmm. zero brownie points for not asking for help or for not letting it be easy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I see, Um, I think, especially with like marketplaces, there's this idea, like, it's so funny. I remember when I was on Etsy, so much of the criticism is like, you don't own your shop. Oh, your shop can be taken away from you. Blah, blah, blah. And so people spend all their energy. They're like, I'm gonna grow an Instagram, but you also don't own and can also be taken away from you. And people's Instagram gets shut down all the time with a lot less reason than Etsy. Yeah. People, I see people get taken down on like random bot sweeps, right? And they just like by mistake, take you down and there's no accountability for it. You know, you just lose your account, you lose your followers. So I always advise people when I was, when I was doing this, like Instagram also, it really depends on your, on your industry. I find that Instagram is so it's, it's things that are time sensitive work fantastically on Instagram on stories, right? You can do time sensitive on stories, regular Instagram, um, treat it like a kind of like portfolio, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think people also, I don't know. I mean, it was just, it was always hard for me the way that my industry was, because it was stationary and it was like, you know, you had to buy invitations three months ahead. So I was like posting, you know, by the time that I was posting, it was already too late to buy invitations. It was just the timing of it was strange. It didn't work with Instagram. I wish I had just had the courage to let it go to completely right. And not worry about it and just focus on Etsy and building an email list, which I think is always important too.
0: Yeah, totally. Because the thing about email lists is that you know, you can have a Gmail and the other person has Yahoo and somebody has like Proton mail and we can all communicate. It's not like Instagram where you have to be on Instagram to communicate Mm -hmm. with other people on Instagram. So Yeah. yeah, that's why I love that. Yeah, absolutely, and and you always own your email
1: list, right? You always like it's always yours, no matter what happens. So yeah, you can always email clients. You can always email about sales. Like you can always get in their inbox. Um, so I always advise everybody to just start an email list and just start it before you feel like you need it because it takes a long time to build
0: one. So just go ahead and get started, right? Yeah, you're not totally. losing. I am anything. so glad you brought that up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to like send you hugs because this is yeah. such an important point, and I'm so glad yeah. you're saying that because you know, coming from somebody who did have such a successful Etsy shop. Now you're saying this, it's like, Hey, thank you. Listen listen to this woman.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And make it, um, you know, it's hard when you have a product to make an email list that is like exciting, but remember that it can be anything that you want it to be. You can email people about whatever, like it doesn't even have to be, you know, people think like, Oh, it has to be all products. Talk about what it is that you like. You know, talk about what's important to you. People now want to see businesses with personalities, I think, more than ever.
0: Yeah, totally. And thinking back about, you know, who is, it, who is it that you're serving, if you know, which I think it's something that you've talked about before. Like when you started your Etsy shop, you knew who you were serving. You knew mm-hmm. it was the mom who wanted to give their uh, their child the perfect birthday party. Mm-hmm. And that's what you sold, you know. And mm-hmm. something that I always say too is understand the problem that you're solving because it's not just a product you know, yeah. th- if you just, if you're just selling your product, you're not going to be successful, but if you're, yeah. if you understand the problem you're solving, mm-hmm. that's it. Because a lot of people are not taking the time to do that little bit of homework and understand, yeah. you know, how their product makes a difference on somebody's life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And what the difference that
1: somebody's what people are really looking to solve. Right. Um, exactly. Because once you can do that, once you can really tap into like the deeper thing, Then you can, then you have so much more flexibility with your prices. You have so much more flexibility with how you show up, how you talk to your person, how you communicate. Um, It gives you a lot of freedom that understanding does.
0: Yes, totally. So for the mamas who are listening right now and, you know, is there something in your heart that you want to share with them? Any advice? um, Yeah. Yeah. One thing, 100%
1: just start. Just start just start somewhere. It doesn't have to be perfect. You never know what this is the start of. It can go so big, so much bigger than you can even dream, but just start, you know, it just, it just starts with that really, really small step of, of listing something of showing up, moving the needle forward just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Which for me, the reason why I didn't start the shop when you told me to start was because I was like stuck in, but are Mm -hmm. people going to buy? And it was like it didn't matter. Like I wouldn't have known if I hadn't started. So I was like stuck And are people going to buy? Like just, okay, let's find out. Let's find yeah. out if people are going to buy and it's like 20 cents or you can find somebody else's link mm-hmm. and list it for free. And there you go. Like you're going to find your answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, yeah. yeah. We get
1: so attached to our time. We think that, um, oh, I don't want this to waste my time. And in the meantime, you're sitting there thinking about it, wasting your time right?
0: You're like listening it to all the podcasts yeah, and all the YouTube and like all the things. Yeah. and just, yeah. And we're like, well, I don't want it to be a waste of my time. So I'm going to sit here and plan and waste all my time. Yeah. yeah I love it. Just take action, just do yeah. it. And nothing is going to be life-threatening. Like nothing exactly. is going to be like that you can't go back and do or fix it. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and people worry about their, you know, what if nobody buys, I'm going to be so disappointed. You're not you're really not, it's not that disappointing, you know, as long as you're doing it, all it is, is just my first invitations that I listed. I thought that they were going to be so great and they did not sell at all. And I was like, Oh, what I did, I just looked at it and I was like, okay, I guess that that didn't sell right. For whatever reason it was super niche. It was super whatever, not popular. I'm going to find something that's really popular, you know? And I remember I did, um, I ended up listing like a circus invitation and it sold like the first day because it was a popular theme and I had been like oh I don't want to do that you know it's so common uh but it worked you know and it's really just getting that data right it's just getting data analyzing it putting stuff out there
0: um yeah and letting go of judgment right because you're like I don't want to do it but then like the minute you let go of judgment of others and of yourself Mm -hmm. that's it like the sky's the limit yep Exactly. Exactly. I love that for this and for people to like, listen to you, because I think it's important to showcase, you know, the kind of success that you had and the possibilities and anything, all the things that can come, you know, from just starting from just doing the thing.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so many, um,
1: you know, also another piece of advice that I have is like, get over your imposter syndrome. You know, so many of us were like hesitant to connect with other people because we're like, Oh, my business isn't real. And everybody else has a real business, but my business is just like this small crappy business and everybody feels that way. Every single person feels that way. Every single person feels like their business is not good enough. Like it's not successful enough. And the more you can connect with people and realize that everybody feels this way, the easier it's going to be and the less lonely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. People like everybody has imposter syndrome. Everybody is walking around a herd. You know, we, we all have like, nobody's perfect. Yeah. You know, but I feel like the difference of the people who are successful and the people who are not is that the people who are successful, they never gave up and they kept going and they kept trying new things and getting back up on every time that they fell. And, and that's how you do it. Like, it's not like a straight walk to the top, right? Like you're going to learn things and I don't know, they're going to be disappointments, but there are also going to be so many rewards that you're going to get from doing this. Yeah, absolutely. So agree with that. Yeah. Well, Gabby, how can my people connect with you?
1: So, um, the best place is probably my website, www.gabbyabrams.com. And I'll send you the link so that you can put it in the show notes too. Um, and then I have my Facebook group ready for more.
0: Yeah. I love your Facebook group. It's so much fun in there. Like it's amazing. And I know you're very active on Instagram too. Like I used to be on Instagram mm-hmm. while well, like I say used to be like, I don't really care for Instagram, but I was following you a little while ago, but then I'm like, mm-hmm. why am I on Instagram? I don't like it, but I love <laughs> your Facebook group. It's just so much Yay. fun in there. Yeah, yeah. And my
1: Instagram is um, at Gabby.Abrams too, for anybody who's more of an Instagram person. But Facebook is my jam. That's where I like to hang out too.
0: For sure. Yeah. And like you have the best, like the best group and everybody's so engaged and it's fun in there. It's informative. It's like all the things. Oh, yay. Thank you. That means so much to me. Well, thank you, Gabby, so much for coming on the show and sharing all your lovely knowledge. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we did this. And mama, remember that you're capable, strong, you can do hard things. And until next time, may you be wrapped in peace, love and kindness. And I will catch you in the next episode. Hey mama, I really, really hope that this episode has blessed you in some way, and if you did, would you please be so kind as to leave me a review on Apple. Your review is literally the number one way that you can thank me for all the work, for all the love that I put into this episodes. Also, if you loved listening to today's episode, I can guarantee you that you're gonna love working with me. So head over to my website, julianabrabadi.com, to see all the ways that I can help you, and I can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye!